My name is John, and my name is John, and we ain't turning right all podcast long. Whoa, we're going left and straight. Whoa, the podcast is great. Whoa, cruising around LA, picking up friends on the way. Hey, hey, hey. Well, John is my friend, and now you are my friend, and we're doing it up, and then we do it all again. Whoa. Two Johns don't make a right. Ooh. I understand. There's um, new neighbors over here, and there's lots of uh, activity going on. I, I try not to pay too much attention to it, uh, but I, so I thought you guys were just fucking around with, with the new right. neighbors. Right, the new neighbor. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll fuck around with whoever, mm-hmm. man. So as you can that. see, as you can see, this is, podcast is we never turn right, Rob. We're only turning left because it's two Johns. Don't make a right. People are calling us the David and Goliath of podcasting, but we're not uh, changing the tide of history with a single stone. We're driving around with a guest, so we're not alone. I don't know. I'm, I didn't. I didn't work on this today. It was pretty good, though. I didn't work on this today, and I don't write because we're on strike, ladies and gentlemen. It's two Johns don't make a right. The podcast where we never turn right. We have never turned right, and we will break the fucking law, and that's real to not turn right. We only turn left. It's me, John D. John S. And today we have Rob Z. Rob Z. Mr. Rob Zabrecki. Phenomenal magician. Musician. Musician, magician, seance technician, Rob Zabrecki. Yay! Greetings, all. Greetings, Earthlings. He's in the fart van, and we're turning left on... What would you say this road is? Well, let's uh, not dox Mr. Zabrecki. We're not going to dox you, but we're, let's just say we're in the San Fernando Valley. Yes, we're, at, we're on a popular street uh, that runs east and west in the San Fernando Valley. It's one that's very dear to me, uh, having grown up in Burbank, which we're not in Burbank, but we're heading towards, we're heading east towards Burbank. I didn't know you were a native. You're a Burbank native. Wow. Yes, Burbankian, okay. born and raised. Uh, Television city. Yeah, although growing up it was not television. It, it it technically was, but if you lived there, you know your parents worked for Lockheed or were plumbers or were sort of, you know, a lot of blue collar workers, a lot mm-hmm. of post World yeah. War II homes, small little houses built for, you know, middle class families. There were occasionally somebody was a sound man for the studios, or you would. My aunt was a uh, cleaning person for Doc Severinsen who worked for uh, wow. Johnny Carson. Wow, sure, yeah. I was going to say, but did you ever see Johnny Carson walking around? Never saw him walking around, but one time I went with her when I was a little boy and I crashed. You know, she had to take me with her for some reason when she was cleaning Doc Severinsen's home. Wow. Which was up, I won't disclose the street, but it was up out, it was an outpost, kind of above the Magic Castle there. Sure. Yeah. And I was, think he's passed. I think he's gone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we yes. can dock. It's possible. We can dock. Dock's dock. Uh, but going in that house was very different than the houses that uh, I was familiar with in this very kind of grid-like, you know, suburban, you know, area that was close to Hollywood, but like very far away from it, it, it vibe-wise, you know, yes. tonally it was very, very different. Right. And it has been until recently. And that's why a lot of people I know have moved there because they like that vibe. And they don't understand that at one point, all these cute little vintage stores and, and overpriced coffee joints on say Magnolia Boulevard were once, you know, old, you know, bakeries and shoe stores that nobody went into. 
right. a lot of them are still there. Like they still have like a rubber stamp store. I get. I mean, yeah, but I yeah, I they have the those new, weird. Yes, uh, I know what you mean. A lot of reclaimed wood. There's a lot of period lot stores of there, and there's a couple like there's a big gun store. There's like six <sighs> gun so stores. So many. It's embarrassing. It's weird to see gun stores in the middle of L. A. Honestly, yeah. Well, yeah, on Magnolia alone, there's like six and like five blocks. I yeah, know, and it's a high. Whether you like guns or not. It's weird. It's oh, just I like, like, what them. the fuck? Yeah. yeah it's John's a, a big gun guy. Okay. Well, then. John's a big. Let's, let's change the subject and talk about it. It's not. Else. Listen, John's throwing me under the bus. No. I'm, I'm if not I could trying. push a button and they'd all go away, I'd push that button right now. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, so, uh, guns are great. Uh, <laughs> and, and they suck. There's, uh, they both can coexist. We're American. No, but like, I, I um, would anyway. frequent Magnolia quite a bit for, uh, there's a trophy shop that I would go to for my oh, yeah. stupid fantasy football. Uh-huh. Yeah, another trophy shop. Yeah. And by the way, I'd go in there always empty, but just full of, just, you could barely walk full of trophies. Yeah. No one else was ever in there. And then they'd say, oh, we need like six weeks. To engrave like four yeah. words. Yeah, I don't like, know if we can get to that. I feel like there's like around here. Isn't there like a trophy like zone? There's like an uncut gem. Well, there's like right a here. diamond this district. Is the trophy zone right oh here. my god! Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Trophies, I've never seen it? this. Oh John. my god! Scientology. See, he's pretending. Oh, yeah. He goes there every Sunday. No, I really. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! wait oh my god! Oh my god! If you get the channel, this is a Scientology Valley Center. Yep. That I've never seen, and it is colossal. But it's don't colossal. try to go in because they will ask you a lot of questions. That's what happened now, to me what, when I. What try. street are we on? Now? I think we in. can say now. We're on, well, it's going to be a big reveal because we're, we're just talking about, about Burbank Boulevard. Burbank oh, Boulevard, Lankershim. we're going across Lancashire. This is the heart of North Hollywood. This is the heart of North Hollywood. This is the. The Paris of North Hollywood, right here. <laughs> right. Yes, it's all happening. Talk, and we've got this place over here. Oh boy, they really did a number on that. It was, uh, what was it called? They did variety shows there, believe it or not, 100 years ago. Wow. It was like a lot of um, uh, circus memorabilia. And, and, oh, I remember uh, that, yeah. Yeah, what was it called? I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway, yeah, it's all it's all happening right here. Great hardware store on the right. Um, but we're not going to make a we're not making any rights. Can't. We're not going to make a right, Couldn't but we can look to the right. There's nothing wrong with looking to the right. If you need a hammer, you got to come back on your own time. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to stop anywhere else, we are known to make stops. Yeah, we can get a coffee, anything you want. It's kind of fun. We found it's yeah. fun to stop. The last podcast right. we we uh, with Max Silvestri, we stopped at the police museum in Highland Park. I, you know, I saw that, and I believe it or not, I've been in that police museum a, as a volunteer. Huh. Um, wow! I know it sounds. This is gonna sound a little nutty. Maybe Would you I put, bump the sorry, the sorry, the AC a couple lower? Oh, lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower. By the so. way, uh, it's worth uh, an honorable mention. We're at the corner of Vineland and Burbank, which is let's the take a picture of that circus. Yeah, liquor. The most. I, I thought, you know. Hey, John, look, it's the uh, uh, circus liquor. Oh, that's a circus liquor on uh, Burbank and Vineland. That's right. Well, let's go left. Drunk clowns. Let's make a left. So Carter Sexton is a famous um, arts and crafts store on Laurel Canyon uh, between, say, Magnolia and Chandler. And they have the, the, the what I thought was the greatest neon sign in the valley. But I think that is the circus liquor is, to, kind of, is the greatest. That clown neon sign. Yeah. I, I think mean, it's up there with Randy's Donuts, you know? So it's, iconic. It's pretty iconic. And it's and, and you kind of go, well, it's iconic, so it can't be that great. But you look at it, it is great. Yeah. It's always been great. I was yeah. thinking that about the... There's a neon museum in Glendale oh, with yeah. supposedly all this... But if something's really good, it's still at the place. You well, know? There's, how do you make yeah. a neon museum? It's still probably there if it's good. True. 
That's true. Know but, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Then you've got Valley Relics in in the wet, in the heart of the um, way out there in the valley, and they've got signage. Whenever anything cool goes away, these guys come with pickup truck and and tools and uh, you know sort of dismantle it and then and then put it on display, and it's killer. There used to be a club um, up Lancashire Boulevard called the Palomino. It was a oh, yeah. country western and then, you know, kind of an alt-rock uh, uh, venue. And uh, when that sign came down, they took it. And then, so you go in there and like the letters are like three feet high and it's super cool. It's really wow. great. Yeah. You yeah. guys missed the Palomino days because you were in your respective cities growing up and becoming men. I feel like I went to it. Was it around like in 95, 96? It was. That would yeah. have been the, the last year. Palomino. The okay. Palomino. Yeah. I mean, all the all the country greats worked there. Graham Parsons worked there. And then later, like, I, I played there with the Meat Puppets and the Dead Milkmen. That's what I was going to say. I think I, I saw you and the Dead Milkmen. That would have been... Yeah, Whoa! That's... F- Wait, you yeah. saw... So Rob was in a band called Possum Dixon. Which was yep. very much ahead of his time. huge band. And uh, a great band. And wait, so you fucking saw Rob. This is amazing. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. Um, How about that shit? Yeah. How about that? Absolutely. No, and uh, maybe more than once, because you would play with the Dead Milkmen often. Oh, God, yeah. We toured with them for like four or five months. Yeah. uh, Wow. In the early 90s. Yeah, they were so much. Those guys really were the best kind of like big brother band to show you, like, this is how you tour. This is how this works. Right. They, they had done it so much and, and really were had a, a great sense of humor and added levity to the grind of, you know. Well, they're fucking hilarious. They're, they're hilarious. Yeah. They're, they're really funny. And Did you know John Worcester back then? Not really. I met him a couple of times, but I... Because he played drums for the Dead Mill, or went on tour with them, maybe. I think early on, yeah. And then, yeah, of course, he was in Super Chunk, right? That was his... his right. Band. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, so now here we are entering the bank. And as, as teenagers, we all say it's always boring in the bank. Wait, is this the bank? Is this We're this the area? This, this is, is it. Bank. Yeah, once we, yeah, we've Oh, got, the we've, bank, yeah. The bank, as in there's a lot uh, of the shorthand. Yeah, there's a Dollar in, King. There's a yeah. lot of like uh, real estate stores or something. Yeah. And that's where, um, back to the band, that's where you would have met Matt Dubin. Is that safe? For sure, yeah, yeah. Matt. So our mutual friend, uh, Matt, who is one of the greatest guys. and super great he was like he was a sound guy and and kind of a a road person but so much more oh yeah uh just you know every night after the shows that's really when the fun started he's one of those weird guys who's like we're the same age basically and i always like looked up to him just because he's so cool i looked up to him and he was four years young i'm like well, how <laughs> yeah. do i get your job yeah, yeah. Uh, he was <laughs> he was but he, he also had like this world weariness like when he was like loading up the gear at the end of the show and like, he had like high iq stamped on his forehead yes. like you're kind of too smart for all this stuff yes and but I, I think I get, he liked it <laughs> he's he, one of these old souls he was a, he was probably like that when he was a 10 or 12 I mean. yes and now he's yeah. a captain of industry or running the Formosa oh he's running group. it all he's running Hollywood yeah. wait Formosa group yeah, yeah. what's You're, that that sounds dark yeah, money like, is no, that dark money it's, it's sound mixing and editing <laughs> oh so yeah so it's dark money. so it's dark money yeah, yeah sure. those all, people are dark it's all Putin yeah um, so Rob what do you know or what have you ever heard because I've heard this thing where Bob Hope in the like 30s and 40s <laughs> bought up giant swaths of land in Burbank and, and and right around here like bought up orange groves and like displaced thousands of indigenous people and basically wanted to own all of this land. Oh my god, I know nothing. And that's why that's the Bob that. it's the Bob Hope Airport out here because he right. sold the land. Oh. He sold his land to the uh, city to build the airport. 
Great I, neon. Sorry. Yeah, good neon Larry's, which used to be on that corner. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, I know nothing about that. No, zero. You know nothing about it that? Like covering from no. Yeah, Hope. it sounds like you're kind of like running interference for Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the Bob Hope estate, which you have a piece of. <laughs> I do. Look, I, all I can tell you is that a little being a little kid in growing up right in this neighborhood, this is where I was born and raised, um, Toluca Lake, next, which is kind of next door to Burbank, uh, was a much fancier, you know, place to live, and it was t- it was purported, not that I ever went, that mm-hmm. Bob Hope would give silver dollars to every kid that came up to his door personally, just drop them in the you know the. There you go. I'm gonna yeah. say get I the fuck away from me. I grew up in Palm Springs, and uh-huh. Liberace would not come to the door, but he would give out silver dollars to oh his, one of his servants. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's so I think cool. that was a thing in the '70s. If you were rich, you gave out silver dollars. <sighs> we didn't get to go. The, wow. For us, it was like, you know, we had to sort of stay in the vicinity of, of the, you know, five gotcha. block radius of, of where we lived. So we heard about it, but who knows? I, I, yeah, it's probably true. My friend who were, uh, grew up in Chicago would go to Michael Jordan's house and he would give out McDonald's gift certificates. How disappointing. Wow. Yeah, you kind of want something tangible in the moment when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want a happy meal tomorrow. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, you want uh, the shiny. Michael point. Jordan screwed that up royally. Anyway, yeah, he really fucks. He, he spent his life fucking up. So, Rob, <laughs> big fan of your band, but more recently, a huge fan of your magic. And how did you make that transition? Uh, purely on accident. Um, I was playing, I was touring with, with Possum Dixon in the 90s, and we had been together for like seven or eight years, probably. The band had definitely, uh, we were on the uh, decline, I would say, as far as like, you know, where we were personally, what we kind of wanted to do as a, as a group. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was kind of bored out of my mind in Baltimore, Maryland, we're on tour. We let our wow. gear in a club. And I get this idea that I want to go sightseeing to see some of the likes of where, say, early John Waters movies were made, like Pink Flamingos or Desperate Living or nice. Female Trouble or something like that. So I go walking around, and, and it's this kind of hot day, sort of like today. It's very downtown Baltimore is very boring, and it looked like any other small town. And as I'm heating up, I'm like, I got to duck. I got to find somewhere to go in and sit down and cool off. And there's like a bakery and a shoe store. And then this, I see an air conditioner, you know, and I go, oh, what's this magic store? And I, a shop, right? A little magic shop. And I tuck in this place called Kenzo's Yogi Magic Mart. And it was air conditioned and it was great. And I'm looking around at all this stuff that meant nothing to me, you know, um, stenciled rabbits and straight jackets and tricks and, you know, cabinet and glass um, cabinets and a big open space, not a soul in there. And um, probably after 10, 15 minutes, I felt guilty for not making some kind of a purchase or asking a question. I I said to the guy, hey, man who's working there, uh, do you have a little trick I could perform for a couple hundred people uh, tonight? Something I could learn, you know, quickly. And he said, yeah, what about this? And he, and he pulls out a little handkerchief, a little colored handkerchief, and he put it in his fist, squeezes his hand, presto changeo. That thing was gone. Mm-hmm. And I was completely amazed and freaked out by how cool it was. Never seen magic performed before, especially not, you know, in, in any context, but it was a total trip. So I bought the, the little device to vanish something in the, in the little handkerchief, shoved it in my pocket, learned how it worked very quickly, very crudely. 
And then that night we were playing about midnight and three songs into our set, our guitar player, Celso, uh, broke a string. And I remembered the thing that I had in my pocket and I was like, huh, okay. And I don't know how, and I don't know why, but I just said, hey, does anybody out there have a wrapped condom? <laughs> Knowing that I could vanish a thing in my fist with you know something small, and that's just the first thing that came to my mind. Somebody throws one on stage, and I, I took it out of its raptor very, very, very crudely, put it in my fist, and um, it <laughs> vanished. <laughs> and I swear this is true. I'm not making this up. Because I had no interest in, I, you know, I was listening, I was like interested in, you know, say John Waters and Lou Reed and stuff like that. I just was not, my head was not in Siegfried and Roy and David Copperfield and things yeah. like that. I was just, or Doug Henning or whatever. So anyway, uh, the next night, and it was, people applauded. Like, you know, it was like these disaffected indie rockers found it amusing. Great. And, and laughed at it and sort of like applauded in ways of like, what am I doing in a band? Like, I would actually entertain these people by doing something that wasn't, you know, a song or whatever. So next night we're in New York. I go like, guys, same thing. Third song, tune up or do something. I'm going to do the thing. And I did. And so it, it got the same exact same response. It was like people were entertained. They laughed. They were tripping. It was all kind of fun. I loved doing it. It was, a, it was unlike playing, you know, a, a song or whatever, which I had been was like pretty bored with doing at that point. So we drive back 3,000 miles. And um, my girlfriend, who is now my wife of 25 years. Congratulations. Say, Congratulations. Last week. Uh, um, has a she works she manages this nightclub called the Viper Room on Sunset Strip. Oh wow! A lot of people awesome. have heard of it. It's a popular, famous place. And so she she had been managing it since it opened, and had been working there since the first days. And she goes, "Hey, I have a pass to go to this place, Magic Castle, for like a wine tasting. Do you want to do you want to go?" And I said, "I would love to go. I just learned a magic trick. Let's of course." I cobbled together some weird version of a suit. God knows it was like some thrift store crusty yeah. thing that barely worked god even knows what it you know how that what that even looked like but i did it you have to wear a suit to the magic yeah, castle it's a dress code so for those of you that don't know magic castle is a, a private club in the hollywood hills for magicians and their guests it's been uh in existence since 1963 it's very popular it's it, amazing it's amazing it's the and, best. And, there's, and there's a dress code and it's seven nights a week of magic and there's close-up magic and stage magic and mental mind reading magic and it's a whole it's it's quite an experience in a big restaurant and it's a it's just been a very popular uh iconic um uh force in the magic world since it opened in, in and, january and you have to know someone to get in yes and my wife knew had it passed because the viper room was like oh there we're, we're doing this it was a special event there. sure yeah so we show up and walk through those doors and which you have to say open sesame to get in and the bookcase slides open it's all very mysterious and fun and we walk in and we're like huh who's Who's Dante? Who's Thurston? Who's, oh, okay, we kind of know who Houdini is. Who's, you know, um, who are all these people? Who is, you know, uh, Di Vernon and Charlie Miller and all these great names? And it was like this big puzzle, this big mystery, just like music was as a little kid when you start learning about your favorite bands, right? You're like, oh, Cheap Trick's on the same label as this other band and they're friends with, the, you know, oh, and they turn right, right. Fugent. And you start like doing all this weird, like family tree stuff, and and I, I was you know I won't, I'm a little obsessive on certain things I would say, and and so just like I was with music, I immediately was like I, I want to know who that guy is. I want to get the, I want to figure out all this stuff, and I I just had some conceit 
that I could reinvent myself as a magician, <laughs> which wow. I will say was not a very popular thing to do. In the, <laughs> with so, your band? Or? The, well, with, with <laughs> my whole life of like, what are you, you're what? Right. Like it was, uh, you know, as far as like the idea of, at that point, uh, the idea of cool meant something to me. It no longer does. But at that point, being cool was like everyone's all messed up in with that right and me especially in music musicians yeah. musicians are all about being fucking cool or having a cool band or whatever that idea of that is and so getting in magic was completely um uncool which i thought was punk rock and it's ethos yeah, of like well definitely. fuck you there's nothing uncool about magic <laughs> except for people's limited idea of what they've yes, seen on TV exactly you which know? is which is often which children's is, magicians yeah and, exactly and, and you know but for, it's it's nerdy in a way that rock punk rock or like you know indie rock not. is definitely not yes yes it's it, it's 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 cool and it's actually cooler in ways that all that other indie rock and punk rock is not it's it's got it's it's yeah. really has some great I'm an uh, improviser, so I do improv, so that you is got it. way less cool than magic, I would say. I and a sax player. Sax is cool, though. Sax is bad. Sax is cool. M83? I, I, I've been, Come on. You know what? I've been listening to your, <laughs> not to make a little jump. Anyway, so the point is, um, that so that started it, and, and I, I had this conceit I could be a magician, and here I am 25 years later, and I've, I've you know, kind of done that, and, and I have an act now that I present called the Zabrecki Hour that's like a combination of magic and music and comedy and it's all these ideas that incorporate and infuse all that other stuff into what is a very unlikely magic show. I find it fascinating that the first thing you learned was sleight of hand because that seems the hardest. It was. It was. That's it the was biggest hardest. challenge, yeah, right? And it, yeah, and I love, cl- I love, cl- love, love, love close-up magic. Well, it, people it, don't get respect unless they can do all the close-up it, stuff, it, That right? is very true, yes. Yeah. And I love performing at the close-up gallery in the Magic Castle. It's great. Oh, God, I, I want to see you do that. Oh, my yeah. God. And I, and I perform the... That's the best magic, I mean. Yes. I, it can be. It, I mean, if it's done like anything, if, if it's done when great... someone makes your, like, car keys in a fucking bottle, like, two rooms over, it's like, how does this... Actually, how does this happen? <laughs> yeah. And if it's done well, especially, it's it's great. But uh, Let me just say, your great. story is fucking amazing. Yes. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That Thank is amazing. You. And a yeah. career transition like that and the... The commitment to it, just amazing. Oh shit, we got a crime. Oh no, they're coming I for did Rob. Not do it. Did they're not coming do it. for Tall it's John. Just a fire truck. There are friends. Uh, they're they're like... busting Tall John. It's the it's the woke police because he didn't like Barbie. <laughs> He's one of these That's woke. John I Tall John's Barbie. one of these go woke go pro guys. <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> Why is this happening? I'm uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just to, but to wrap up Okay, sorry, wrap but story, I just want to say your story you. is... I, yeah. I appreciate that. And the miracle of all of it was I, I was coming off of like a, a long run of drug and alcohol addiction and all, madness of like just getting my shit together as a human. So the fact that I was able to go, all right, music, it was a night. We had our... The dreams were fun. Some of them came true. I'm moving on. And like, I feel like I almost could have been anything. Magic was there for me. It kind of saved... It did save me and kind of my creative life and led the doors to open to a lot of other stuff. So all that said, uh, speaking of sex, I've been listening to your music and a profile picture on your record is great. Oh, man. That Thank you a, so much for listening. Oh I, I got to bring you vinyl. 
I know it came out yeah. and I missed the window of, of, of uh, picking up my copy. No, but, but I have a box. I'll, 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 I'll absolutely give you one. Oh, yeah, that's so nice really of you to good. mention. I love Profile Picture and yeah. I'm a big fan of Colleen Green, who's the... Uh, oh, was that who did it? Colleen Green, yeah. She's oh. so fucking cool. She she lived in... Uh, she had just moved to Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Unfortunately. This, hey, John, this might be a good left on Magnolia. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Good little turn into the into Burbank. Uh, anyway, it's it's really great, and it uh, it evoked. Uh, do you know the band um, the Frogs? Um, They're from Milwaukee. They're from uh, Wisconsin. Oh, really? Yeah, '80s band. Um, satirical, but like, and uh, in, in their case, some very X-rated. Some of the stuff was like pretty gnarly, uh, lyrically. But they were really good. The songs were good. The melodies were really great. They're like, man, this is if 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 the if there wasn't a you know a comedic slant on this, it would still be a really great tune. Oh, that's so and nice. That's, of you and I got that I with your that. with your music a lot, which is which is great. So awesome. Thank you thank for you, uh, buddy. making music. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a thankless uh, job. Uh, <laughs> do you do it live? Do you ever get out there and like? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I went on tour for that album, mm-hmm. and uh, me and Colleen Green did a little tour. And where'd you go? Super fun. Um, Chicago, Detroit, uh, uh, Bloomfield, Indiana. Oh wow! Uh, Philly, and that's it. Yeah. Did you hear his Chili Pepper song, Rob? No. Oh, yeah, oh I made this God. Chili Pepper song. Yeah, I've been doing kind of just like music projects <laughs> what, what, uh, simultaneously. What um, I wrote this song with my friend Cyrus Carvani, who uh, does a lot of my, does a lot of, uh, almost all of my album. And uh, I used to perform live with a lot. He's a genius. And uh, we basically made this Chili Peppers song, this fake Chili Peppers song, like, I've always, like, done Anthony Kiedis, like, the kind of impression, and I was like, I was like, this guy can play all the instruments note perfect, like, he can play, like, Flea and everything, <laughs> so I was like, uh, we should make a fake, because the Chili Peppers were playing the Super Bowl, right? Uh-huh. And, back then. Yeah, back oh, then, and I we see. should, and it's it's like the time when somebody would drop a, uh, a weird thing, you know, a promo. So we made this website that was like all Super Bowl sponsored by Pepsi, fake sponsorships, iHeartRadio, oh, all this yeah. stuff. It looked great. But it was like oh, a wow. free download because everyone loves a free download. Like, oh yeah, I'll download the new Pepper song, why not? Uh-huh. And so we got it out there and it like got to the, got out and we made kind of like a really good style Pepper song that like, at least in the first 20 seconds, like it yeah. absolutely could be a real Pepper song. Oh, nice. And uh, people got fooled and like more than one uh, legitimate music outlet reported on it as if it was real and was like, oh, what great. are the peppers doing? They were embarrassing themselves again with this because it was called Abracadabra California, speaking of magic. And, uh, oh and it was God. just a lot of California local jokes and stuff. Great. And so they were just, the reviewers were like, Yahoo Music literally reviewed it and was like, what is happening with the peppers? And I was just like, what a badge of honor. So well, how did you uh, know, how did you discover that you could sing like Anthony Kiedis? Um, you know, loving the chili pepper. I mean, I'm Just a fan. I made fun of them and I, you know, they probably, it's not something that they probably like, but I am a huge fan, you know, like but eighth, one of eighth grade and stuff, you know, yeah, like eighth sure. grade, ninth yeah. grade, 10th grade, especially. I was like, I would say like, yeah, Peppers are my favorite band or whatever. Like yeah. I was so into them, thought they were hilarious, saw them live a couple times in Pittsburgh. And uh, uh, then, you know, so then, 
after the one hot minute years, I was like, okay, this fucking sucks or whatever, you know? Uh And then they sang so many songs about California and I just thought that was funny. I don't know. Yeah. So it really came from knowing a lot about the peppers and being able to write uh-huh. Kind of like a serviceable pepper song. Yeah. I doubled uh-huh. back to look at this mural. Which I've been easy, kind yeah. of obsessed with it for a while. Oh, whoa, we got to yeah. take a picture of this bad mural. Oh, yeah. I it's see like pretty Whoa, bad. you got to get some... Mrs. Doubtfire in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this oh, yeah. is, we're going to post pictures of this mural. Wait, who is that? I cannot even, these are supposed to be celebrities. I think that's this... supposed to be Josh Groban or Keanu Reeves. I don't it's know. It's Josh, Josh Groban. Did you take a picture of this? I did. Okay. This looks like Edie... From Ferris Bueller, Edie. Uh, oh man, I'm, I'm yeah, blanking on her last name, but and that could she's be so Bill funny. Hader in the middle there, it could be also Impossible. Jay Moore. That Jay could Moore. be Bill Hader, and then Matthew Jay Perry Moore. and Will Ferrell. Yes, and then why yeah. is Josh Groban outside of the the border? Right. Why is he floated? Why is Will Ferrell? That's clearly Will Ferrell. <laughs> Do we? Can we go? Can we reveal but next the to him? That's yeah, either. Yeah. Okay, so we're on the corner of Magnolia and Avon Street in Burbank, and I must. Add to, all, to this little to this little uh, uh, story here. This was not a theater in the seventies and eighties, but next door to it was a video arcade that I used to I spent countless hours at as a preteen and young teen. And in nineteen eighty one, I was escorted outside of this. Uh, it was called Pinball Plus, and I was escorted out by this guy named Richard Swindle who ran the place, long-haired Ted His name is Richard Swindle? His name was Richard Swindle. Oh, that's a bad name. He had a a big old Volkswagen bus. My name is Johnny Devious. (laughs) He was was horrible. He was always shirtless. He smelled horrible. He lived up to his name. And uh, in 1981, me and my friend showed up there with um, punk rock haircuts and black flag (laughs) shirts and he grabbed me and took me in the back alley right back there and threw me in the dumpster and closed it. Dude. Right here, summer of 81, right there. Boom, Pinball Plus, which I will Wow, add, this is some licorice lit. pizza shit. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that movie? Of and course find I it? did, yeah. Did you find it uh, resonant? Yeah, in a lot of ways I did, yes. Did you ever see like Robert Blake at like Winchell's or something like that? Like who, what's the big childhood like, holy shit? Okay, like, so I'm at Vaughn's down the street here in 1975 and I see <laughs> Alice... From the Brady Bunch holding a thing of toilet paper. Oh, uh, she was buying it for the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, yeah, you got to get that up. back. Good thing you're buying a lot because it's the Brady Bunch. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never thought of that. Maybe. Um, That's fucking anyway, amazing. So, yeah, that was uh, that. was that. Now this is called Magnolia Park or Magnolia Village. No, Magno- Magnolia Park. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's now loaded with these, you know, cool little shops and everything. But back then, I had a paper route. I used to throw papers to all these places. And, wow. And it wow. was, not, it was not, there was no Halloween Town or, you know... Unfortunately, no Halloween. That town. A1 auto repair is fantastic. If anyone needs that, that, that might have been. Are you there. joking? I'm not joking. That's where because our offices used to be up here oh, across wow. from the Handy Market. Right. So I would use oh, wow. all of these places. Oh really? I use John's awnings. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so they put. Do you ever want to see Jay Leno? He's always in that auto bookstore. Oh, oh wow. yeah, Jay Leno. This is his turf. Yeah, I've seen him around. He met Mavis at this Mountain View Tire Service. <laughs> Um, uh, I have seen him parading around in his fancy cars. And stuff. Sure, yeah. The cars that explode and melt his oh God, facial skin off. Horrible. These are his streets. Now, Rob, can I ask you, what do you think? Because I go to see Vegas Magic a lot. Like, uh, once a year, probably, I go see some, like, show. I've seen all of Chris Angel's work. I've seen uh, 
David Copperfield a couple times, and uh-huh. I've seen. I, you know what? I've never seen Penn and Teller. Who what? like? Who are you? Who's your favorite working magicians these days? Um, I know that guy Helder. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is, is really yeah yeah he's amazing. I've seen him at Largo. I'm team uh, Derek. Sorry, team. Derek Delgadio. Yeah. It's Derek Delgadio, yeah. Um, let me answer your question. It's Penn and Teller is, would be the answer to that. A very easy question to answer. They're, they are so great. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah. I'm surprised. If, you, if you've seen, boy, you've seen, it sounds like you've seen a lot of Las Vegas magic. To me, that show is one you do not want to miss because it really changes. It, there, there's so much point of view and character and variety within that, within the, a Penn and Teller show that yeah. doesn't, Always, it actually rarely feels like a magic show because yes. you feel like you're in a. It's more of a theatrical experience because they're crawling in the stage and being. They're revealing well, all their secrets. Sort of, but they're they're doing what they're really doing is they're they're telling great stories about right. themselves and and like our our time and place in in the world, which I think is interesting. As as yeah, I never they're seen cool. They're cool. The other cool people dudes. that you mentioned, uh, so I, I I can't really comment on on them. I got to go on stage as a uh, volunteer during the refrigerator tour in 1989. Oh my god! It blew my mind, and wow. it just it started my love of magic. It was it's, wow! It was an insane trick that I still can't figure out to this yeah, day how they, they possibly did it. They're they're the greatest, and they have the sort of the greatest magic team and the support of like, in my opinion, all the good people that I really admire in magic. So the, the whole thing is just. It's great. It's, it's lovely. They're yeah. really, right. really an amazing. So that's that's cool. Yeah, we got to see. I got to see Penn and Teller. I can't I believe really I haven't do. seen it. See yeah. it. And Teller also was fascinated by me because I'm the only person he ever met taller than Penn. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you've met. Penn, you've Penn's met like him. six seven or he six is. eight or he's, six nine. He's, he's up huge. There. Yeah. yeah. He's and a, just a big personality on top of it. He's a huge personality. He has a lot to say about a lot of things. I love the yeah. show Penn and Teller fool us. Yeah, Have you been on that? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, so did yeah. you fool them or? No. It doesn't matter. Did not fool but... them? Uh, no, it, no, and it doesn't, I, you know, for me, uh, just going on the show was, was fun and sure. interesting. I, I kind of knew going in I wasn't going to fool them, um, but it was something I wanted to do. It would seem like most people kind of go in going like, okay, I'm just going to do this trick. Like, this is dope. Like, you have to do something that's, like, theatrical, good for TV. So Correct. there's a lot of factors. So fooling them is not one of the, like, right. there are some tricks where it's like, oh, yeah, that's design. That's really crazy. Like, yeah. And yeah, it's a show. It's kind of a showcase for your, your best song of your set or whatever. So you kind of go right. in and you do that. And and if you're smart, they, they just, there's a preamble into your, into your piece and they kind of do a quick minute profile. Who is this person? Boom. And um, knowing that, I I, got, I sort of directed and produced, co-produced that section to go. Oh, okay, good. So be a good little calling card for what you know my my place in magic. And That's great. It was, so it was really fun to kind of you know make that and um, made it fun. Yeah, it was fun. Have you guys seen Penn and Teller get killed? No. no. A movie from like 1986. Yeah, no. I'm the only one I know who likes it. Ah, that car. Oh, that's, oh that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. Let's take a that picture is, of uh, this. What is that? A Plymouth something? Here yeah. is this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'll back it up a little we bit. We gotta. We gotta get the side of that. That's a yeah, pretty that's really cool, cool car. That's Burbank for you. That's it Burbank. Is. Yeah. Yeah. I'd car culture. That. What is it? A Plymouth? What is it? Huh? Plymouth. I'll take a picture. We'll have Harry Walner Google it. Shout out to Harry Walner. Shout out to Jason Manzukis. 
<laughs> our stalwart <laughs> episode listeners. Rob, back to you. Uh, I have another question in the magic realm. Yeah. You often perform, is it called Brookside, that private club in Hancock Parkish? It's called Brookledge. Brookledge. Well, and I've never heard of that. I've heard wonderful stories about it. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it. Of course. Okay. Yeah, so, Tell us about so it. Brookledge is the Larson family residence. And the Larsons, for those of you that don't know, are the family that started the Magic Castle in 1963. Cool. So... Uh, it's a very interesting story. Um, there, the, the, the house, uh, in, and you say Br- it's called Brookledge because it's in Brookside, which is next to Hancock Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very small neighborhood where in the backyards of all of these big homes, that it's like a, a Hancock Park-esque setting, has a brook running through the backyard. And it starts up in the Hollywood Hills and it dumps out in the ocean somewhere in Marina Del Rey. It literally runs through... Every person has a bridge in their backyard, and they have a freaking That's so freak. cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in the late 20s, a guy named Floyd Thayer, a uh, magic creator and builder, and his wife, Jenny, have this house. They, they move into the house, and they go, you know what? Since they're magic creators and they sell magic, they go, we're going to have an end. We're going to build a theater back in our, in, in our backyard, and we're going to make a little workshop where I can make my stuff, and then we're going to display it and share it with the world. So very quickly, it became a, a, a kind of an unauthorized magic shop. People would flood and go there and buy magic tricks of the day. And there's a big stage, and there's all these display cabinets and a big old bar. It was amazing. And people like Orson Welles, who are coming up. Oh, my old high school, John Burroughs. Um, all right. People, uh, people like Orson Welles would, would show up and... Later on, uh, him and Ray, uh, Rita Hayworth and Joseph Cotton would, but when they were performing for the troops, they were practicing for a tent show up at Hollywood and Kawanga. They actually practiced on the Brookledge stage. It was the it was the hub. It was the I smoked about a zillion cigarettes right in that park. Wow! <laughs> so this is John Burroughs High School. Yeah. So is this in any movies? Uh, no. But Debbie Reynolds went there. She was in, but she was in a lot of movies. Hey, I Debbie Reynolds, ha cha cha. Lots of clove cigarettes. <laughs> lots of Aquanet hairspray. Uh, anyway, wow. it's way diverse. Um, Wait, did you have a mohawk? I did not have a mohawk. No, okay. No, no. The smell of, I didn't have Aquanet as much as it was just the pervasive. It was the 80s It smell. was the, the Madonna, you know, right, KROQ, right. which was our, the New Way radio station. Yeah. Anyway, point is, uh, back to the Brookledge. Um, yeah. So the Thayers think the house is haunted. So they go, you know what? We want, we want to get out of here. And then that's its own story. But it's actually some pretty crazy shit happened there with them. Um, and so they traded homes with this Larson family. So the Larsons um, were a prominent magic family from Pasadena. They literally swapped deeds. You live in crazy. my house. I oh, live wow. in this. Totally crazy. So the, the people that started deed, the magic... Deed swapping was big in the 70s. <laughs> Just, no, this is the 30s. Oh, so, sorry, in the yeah. 30s. Probably in the 30s. Um, but the Larson's, uh, the Larson magic legacy is interesting. Um, so the people that started the club, their dad was uh, Bess Houdini, Harry's wife. It was He was her entertainment lawyer. He was wow. managing all of her stuff. So there's all these connections. Oh, yeah, Donut. We donut got Donut. High. High. There's some good signage right What's here. What's missing? Yeah. You. Pin up girl oh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you guys, by the way, just just to throw this out there, if you want to stop for coffee or something, there is a good place. Uh, we don't have to, but I, no, I think we should. Cafecito uh, Boulevard Cafecito is right up here next to the um, Mystic Museum. Boulevard Cafecito. Yeah, it's up about ten blocks. Okay, I'm just giving you the. A we're passing break. the Magnolia Bar. Maybe no, yes. we're not. 
or our Foxfire Lounge. Far oh Foxfire. no, no, that no, not, that's way down. That's somewhere. yeah, that's okay. In forget it. In um, so Brookledge, they swap yeah. deeds. So they swap deeds. The Larsons take it over. They use it as uh, it's it is becomes a basically a a mecca for magicians. Like it, wow. if anybody yeah. if it was anybody. 40s, 50s, 60s show up at Brookledge. There's, they're still doing like talks there. It's a, it's a meeting place. And then once they opened the Magic Castle, they kind of, it just became the largest. They, and they also lived there. It was their home. They did also run what was called uh, kind of similar to the Rolling Stone of Magic Genie magazine. They ran it out of Brookledge, so they had the offices there. So wow. it was kind of like this super hub, insane. It's really cool. Everyone's drawn to this in magic, but once the castle op magic castle opens, everyone goes there. So, Larson family still lives there. Fast forward to 2010, I got invited to, my wife and I got invited to Milt Larson's birthday, Milt was the founder of the Magic Castle, to a birthday party there, and his daughter is named Erica, she's my age, and is amazing, she's like a sister to me, she, they're literally like family. So we go to this party, and we walk in, and I see this big antique theater, and I go, Erica, let's, let's put on a show here. You know, I can, I'll write up some, some music friends. We'll get some variety acts. I'll host it. We'll get some magic going and let's, let's revive this, this stage. Yeah. Boom. Two months later, the Brookledge Follies are found. Um, the Muffs show up and play on a variety show with wow. like wow. Michael Carbonaro, cool. who's a magician who's very kind of popular. I think Cafecito is, uh, would be right on this block. So you can make a left on, yeah, in California. Gotcha. Uh, so anyhow, um, nice. it becomes a regular variety show. And one, I invite um, this, this, this piano player, Christian Hoffman, who was, is, was in punk bands called the, the Mumps and played with the Contortions, the No Wave Band, and he had a band called the Swinging Madisons, an amazing uh, musician from the first wave of, of New York punk. Yeah, um, and he's a piano player, so he came to kind of he was sort of the the Doc Severinsen of the Brookledge Fallers. Would play interstitials and would play songs for people, and as people were walking in, he would play you know Blondie and Echo and the Bunnymen instrumentals to kind of warm up the warm up the room a little bit. Really fun. Nice. So we just started having a blast producing these Brookledge Fallers shows, and everybody wants to do it, and it's invite only. And suddenly, you know, movie stars start showing up and Paul Rubens was a big... Uh, I was going to say, I heard he was a fixture there. He was a major fixture and he came through Christian, who he knew from the kind of the punk scene in, in L.A. And they were long, long, long time friends from even pre-punk, actually. So they, so all these people start showing up to watch these weird ass variety shows in which I was lucky enough to host most of them. And uh, what can I say? We, we did it for... 12, 13 years. It's it's been a lot, a long time running invite only show, and uh, total blast. I loved every second of it, and it's like a really fun show where nobody gets paid and people can just come to see fun variety. And it's still going on to this day. Yes. Yeah. There's still. That's running. so cool. Yeah. I have these records for you guys. I don't want them to uh, melt, which they will. Should I just kick them in? Yeah, yeah. take them in. I think yeah. this is so nice of yeah. you to give us your oh, vinyl. Yeah. We gotta take a pick with that. Oh, yeah. I think we can sneak into the back and go around. Uh, I think we should go around. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. We're yeah. still recording, just so you All know. Right. I, I have another. Some um, valley are, weirdos. Yeah. Awesome. No, Love I know. It. So we're right in the heart of uh, <laughs> Magnolia Village, which is, I was, as I was explaining earlier, I used to 
have a paper route around here. It was very boring, but now we've got what well, paper? We've got the Rat's Nest. It was the Burbank uh, Daily Review, I think it was called, and then later became cool. the leader. Nice. Um, this was Nola's uh, barber shop, which was an old kind of a just five dollar haircut. Here we go, this place. Nice. And it says don't move the tables. We can move the tables. Oh, and later we should take you into the Mystic Museum. Have you guys been over there? Oh wow, Mystic Museum. Oh man, no. Yeah? Oh, we gotta get. Oh, we gotta. Oh, can we walk? Oh, it's right next door. Perfecto. You joking? Oh, hello. Oh, that's so cool. Really nice. Very good uh, horchata, which they were out of. I was here yesterday, believe it or not. Um, and the day before, this is my third day in a row. And I didn't know that our lefts would take us here. Yeah, well, incredible. Kind of the beauty of Burbank. Uh, hey, hey. Um, do you have uh, overnight oats? Overnight, uh, yeah, we do. You know what? I'll get overnight oats, and I'd like a a large water. Uh, yeah. Rob. Um. Can I have a, a vegan horchata? Do you have that today? You don't need to eat them. You have the regular one, but you can get whatever you want. Uh, okay. You want to try that? Yes. Cool. Uh, what kind of milk do you need? Do you have almond? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Do you want an ice or hot? Ice and um, particularly uh, extra sweet. Okay. Yes, for sure. What size? Uh, medium would be good. Medium? Yes. Thank you. Now I'm going to be confused if two Johns make a right, because I don't, I don't know. I can't honestly tell you. Okay. You don't. I know a few Johns. Don't. The Johns I know don't make a right. So they really? Okay. Yeah. So they, okay. Like, you answer the John, question. No, one, no one's named John here, right? We do a podcast called Two Johns Don't Make a Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Make a left turn. Full disclosure, we're recording right now, but we can also not record, but we're featuring the cafe on it. So every, all, uh, every, everybody rises in a, in a way you know uh, it's all it's all good publicity you know yeah we're not maybe she can take so her how, picture how might two johns get an invite to uh, brooklyn yeah, yeah let's talk about that you have to know the house let's talk about that oh yeah whose ass do i have to suck <laughs> okay you're, you're good good performing there uh, john daly yeah i should be performing I, I there clapper you know, I'd like to hear some of those tunes live there. Oh my God, give me a break. I'd be so uh, overwhelmed with honor. Yeah, because the whole thing about those writing. Can you get her to take a picture with your phone? Yeah. Well, Rob is in the middle. And Rob, do you not want to take a picture here? No, no. Can we take a photo with her? Yes. No, of us. Of us. I'll take a picture of you guys. Hey, would you take a picture of us? Yeah. All right. Get in the middle and hold up the vinyl. Go in Get in the middle. Hold up the vinyl. For the Mystic uh, Museum, guys. It's been open for 10 years. It's run by proprietors uh, Kiko and Eric. And uh, they started off as a small, in a, a, a building that was a fraction of the size of what it is now. It had like old famous monsters from Filmland magazines and old Halloween costumes. It's really interesting, like sort of 
fun Halloweenish uh, items, uh, and they've expanded now to what you'll see when we go in there, uh, which is very fun. Awesome. And they carry, and they carry, they used to carry, uh, last year they carried up my Santa's records. Cool. In the Red Records. Yeah. Yeah, you need to get us hooked up with one of these shows because I tried to ask Rob in the past, hey, can I come to your show? And he was like, ah, it's really, it's hard, it's really booked up. And I was like, you're dealing with the Pussy Posse, you're dealing with like Russell Crowe, Denzel Washington. No, it's not the ticket. Like, this is, this is, you know, you're doing a show for like, Hunter Biden. The <laughs> <laughs> Mystic Museum, and if you've never been, it's um, in Magnolia. I want to say Magnolia Village or Magnolia Park. I think it's Magnolia Park I in Burbank. I, I always thought Magnolia. Cool. Park. Sounds right too. Yes. Wow. So this is the Mystic Museum and gift shop. It's a museum and gift shop. There's a coffin outside. There's a maybe the proprietor. Ooh, vintage oddities. Oh my god. John. Oh, there's two entrances. Thanks, man. Wow. <laughs> this cranks. Yeah, this is the Mystic Museum rocks. Look at these gas masks. I have one question. Yeah. On the weekdays, they're here typically, like in like the afternoon. You know. This is from Pulp Fiction, where the Gimp and and everyone went to work in the basement. Oh, really? Yeah. They're playing the Gimp song. Wait, what is the Gimp? What is that song? I don't know. Oh. Hey, Harry, look it up. That's a haunting song. Harry, can you Google that on Bing? So this museum. A lot of, lot of creepy, creepy stuff and vintage stuff. What are we looking at? We're looking vintage at... Vintage Satan, basically. Vintage <laughs> Satanism shit. Uh, witch, uh, witch vibes. Jake Something vibe. says yeah. witch vibes. Um, Mystic Museum. It's really, it's really cool. There's a, a book about witchcraft. This is a very San Fernando Valley vibe. It's a slightly more satanic necromance, the place on Melrose. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, that's a good There's kind of, there's a lot, there's places with this vibe in LA, which is a witchy kind of vibe, like Wacko. That place, yeah, Wacko, Wacko, it's got a Mexican witch vibe or something like that. Like, yeah. it's definitely like a strange yeah. place, but lovely. Um, wow dark and weird incense. they got incense but then they had this wonderful collection of vintage creepy stuff like just vintage creepy stuff old medical supplies yeah old men this place oh wow this is cool uh weird paintings uh, old telephone one of the ones that you crank it a baby deer taxidermied very disturbing very upsetting <laughs> wow can we take pictures can you take pictures of Jeff like this Jeffrey Dahmer's phone book is at this probably at this place in in Vegas that uh, is vaguely like this uh, uh, prostate uh, medicals lots of medical stuff alright well that's the Mystic Museum this is a sad guy that guy's not having fun it's a skeleton All right. Of course, the darkest 
And there's a, hold on, tell John, can you, can you take a picture of uh, me by, uh, me and Rob by, uh, by Jigsaw? Of course I can. We're here, we got, we're back in the van. <laughs> we're back in the fart van. We got <laughs> overnight oats. This is incredible. Wow. Hold on. Like, so I gotta ask you about your license plate. Mm -hmm. Go on. Was it, did it come with the car? Hold or did on, you pay a, extra for it? I, not only did I pay extra for it, <laughs> it's the Save the Coast plates. So they're really expensive. It's a really expensive, dumb joke. And the, the rationale behind it was, what's the dumbest thing I can think of when I became a minivan person? And fart van was it. And I applied for them. I had a dream that they emailed me saying, no, you can't have them. <laughs> and I said, of course not. Why would I think I could? And I just forgot about them. And two or three months later, they showed up in the mail. Oh, my God. Magic. Another magical story. Yeah. Wow. You went from no fart van to fart van in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. You True. loved it. Anyway, that's the story of Brookledge. It is, it's become this, this sought after place to, for performers to, to play at because you know you're performing for people in, in kind of showbiz that are like kind of give a shit about the variety arts and stuff and everybody kind of yeah. wants to do a good job there. Like us. Like us. Like people in showbiz exactly. who want to support the variety arts, me and John. Show they, folk. We're show folk. They We're want show to, they folk. Want to do we right. want to support yeah. the show folk. So it's uh, it's it's become a great little hub for for that, but the problem is it it holds you know 125 people tops. Right. So it's it's you know uh, it, it's difficult. To, How many times has Matt Dubin been? Oh, that's a good question. Um, a handful. Maybe once. Oh, once okay. or twice. Yeah. Now, is it just the pussy posse that gets to go, <laughs> or could like it's like Hunter Biden? The Pussy Posse and like random and like uh, Ellen. There's always a couple randos. Yeah. So yeah. I bet I bet uh, Doogie Hauser MD that dude. Mm -hmm. He's a big Magic fan. Doogie has been has graced the stage and. Oh, did he does? Does he perform Magic? Oh yeah. He's he's. Oh, a, I didn't know that. Yeah, I would say he was a junior member at the Magic Castle. They have like a a, a team group. It's very supportive for young magicians who want to kind of get into it. And uh, he was part of that that group in the early 80s, I guess, probably. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he's hosted a lot of a lot of magical things and performed some illusions. And yeah, he's, he's in like there's gun world. Yeah, I mean, it's safe to say there's not gun world. There's I Nazis mean, everywhere. Yes, they're hidden. They're somewhere behind, you know. Every veil, gross, gross yes. general grossness. Has any Nazis ever been to the show, or? Well, not not you know cloaked KKK members, but you never know what's going on in somebody's mind. I'm doing it right, just like this, just flying past past. Whoa, we La just Paz blew a store. yellow light like a wow, like was, a guy that with that a. That felt good. Actually, gave me a little rush. Right? Yeah. yeah. Alive. Yep. The fart van can move. That's the thing people don't realize. Like it's called the fart van, so people think of this lethargic kind of van, but it's got some pickup. I do see people ever... taking pictures of it on a regular basis. Yeah, I was gonna ask, has anybody oh, yeah. ever pulled up to you and asked or said anything? There was uh, a nice family drove by and were they were wafting their noses. Oh, and I often perfect. forget that I have these license plates. I forget that yeah. I'm just yeah. announcing to the world that I'm an idiot. So you so thought I wrote just saying, window. you look stinky. No, I wrote like I thought maybe I was like, you know how sometimes you don't have enough oil and you're blowing smoke. 
or something. Right. And sure. then they put into my license plate. I'm like, oh, right. And I actually said, sorry, I forgot I'm an idiot. And <laughs> wow. we all had a good laugh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, I never forget I'm an idiot. I'm reminded all, I remind myself all day. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like, I know I am. And I used to reserve that. Like, when I, if I would meet someone, I would wait to get to know them before revealing what an idiot I am. And now I just lead with it. That's, Guys, yeah. we're all dumb, but we got heart. You know what? We, what need we, got, yeah. we got a grit and we got heart. <laughs> we do it up. I often think my empathy has held me back in my show business career. Definitely. Well, empathy holds you, holds you back in almost every career. Does <laughs> Even psychology. What career does it get you forward in? <laughs> uh, none. Teaching? None? Really? I've been a teacher. No, you have to have, yeah, a teacher. You got to think a beloved teacher has but then it's like that guy who was a professor at Penn State got caught fucking his dog in the woods and then he got to be confronted <laughs> with that dude a tenured oh, beloved wow. professor really? fucking his own dog in the oh. woods was caught by a trail camera oh my god he, he was at Penn too it was like a very oh, good god. school and he just he just uh the cops like arrested him for it and sure uh you can't fuck dogs and it's like this guy's life is super over and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it'd be a good documentary. Someone make a documentary on that guy. Yeah, like who was that disgraced pastor who they made a documentary about? Like he was the one who was like so anti-gay, and then they found out he was a meth user who had several gay boyfriends. <laughs> Always that, the case. You just define. You just define about a thousand. Yes. Yeah. But he, there was a great line in this documentary where he was applying for a job, and the documentarian, who I believe is Alexandra Pelosi, uh, Nancy's daughter. Um, and she said, do you think you'll get this job? He's like, well, it depends if they Google me or not. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's a great perspective for anyone, though. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Don't put that on LinkedIn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if they Google me or not. That's, that's interesting. Right, which is the same with this pen professor. You know, maybe he'll get another job, but likely not. Oh, you're the guy that fucked the dog. Let me, uh, you know, we need a couple days to think. <laughs> so, were you fucking the dog or let's talk this through because we really need your skills as a beloved teacher. Did he, How many times did that? Happen? That's what I want to know. Like, yeah. that could have been the first time. Like, he was just on a walk and he's like, you know what? Does empathy help for being a paramedic? Well, that's it, a good question. It might be difficult. Like, it might just be better to not have any empathy. And yeah. just like show up and be like, remember when David Lee Roth was a paramedic for like two years? And oh, yeah. He, he took course. the test and was like really saving yeah. people's lives. And I just bet he was incredible at it. Just like yeah. and he is a narcissistic, you know, rock star <laughs> type like <laughs> saving your life. And uh, yeah, so that kind of yeah. person does that kind of job. Like, I think pretty at a high level. I don't know. But he could have I a lot never of heard empathy. That. That's Who knows? I'm not saying he doesn't have empathy, but oh yeah, when I was in New York, he both he was like just trying stuff. And he yes. did a how he tried to be like a Howard Stern. He got the Howard Stern morning slot on K-Rock mm -hmm. after Howard Stern went to Sirius. So he tried to be like a shock jock. And then he just became a paramedic for two years. He talks about it on a Mark Marin podcast on WTF and he he saved people's lives and was like on a 3 a.m. shift every day. He's like a psycho, like just do things kind of guy. 
I thought that oh, was he's so... he's doing things, yeah. Have you been following his career as of recent? No, he's kind of like... He did a bunch of Van Halen shows, and I just forgot to do it. Forgot to go. I should have gone. Well, it more more recently, I think he's the, the most interesting point in his career. Uh, he, I believe, lives in the same house that he grew up in, where his, his parents... Uh, in Pasadena. In Pasadena, really? his parents... Uh, that his parents owned where there's actually some early Van Halen photos so there's some early wow. great Van Halen press photos taken at this house he still lives there and about once a week he puts out a video of him doing martial arts oh uh, to a to a certain song sometimes it's you know New York New York or it's, sometimes it's a it's a a hard rock song or whatever and his choreography is very interesting uh, <laughs> and yeah I, I'm glued to it I'll, I'll uh, for your send it back and forth it's really quite quite. wow great. so that's his Instagram or yeah that's kind of what his current thing is like he'll just post these videos of him doing these he's got like a forms know, is that like karate like um, like a baton or something, and yeah, yeah, just like movements. Oh, yeah, and it's, and then he'll throw a little soft shoe in the middle of it. And of it's, course, it's super trippy, and you kind of go. He's combining everything now. Yeah, he's yeah. just doing soft shoe at the same time as karate kicks. Exactly, a friend same of ours lives nearby him currently, uh-huh. and I, I'm pretty sure I know the house. And it, that's a big house. That's a nice it's, big house. So he a, grew up wealthy it might be safe to say yeah he for sure did I mean, his dad was a doctor or something I forget his that. dad was a doctor and that's why he talks about like man there's just doctor in my blood because my dad was a doctor and like wow. I always knew that I could do it I never wanted to do it but I always knew in the back of my mind oh I could totally be a doctor and so that's why I wow. became a paramedic because I wanted to do something like it that was more intense and wow. like that's it. not, and also probably not go to school for a long time. <laughs> like you probably go to school for yeah. two years. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But interesting dude. Yeah. Stream of consciousness type of guy. Might be a tough hang, but very, uh, <laughs> yeah. very cool to me. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, super weird. I mean, th- yeah. It's it's so it's so weird to think like, I don't know if those first couple or all of the Van Halen records meant anything to you guys, but those first two for me were very important well like, 1984 defining. for me was, oh so yeah, I was, was out by I was long by 1980 I was out I was like later really Van Halen okay the first it was the first two records that was it okay uh, Women and Children Diver first. Down and no no, no? gone like, no, no, <laughs> so no. Van Halen and Women and Children first no Van Halen and Van Halen 2 oh really oh yeah. okay I don't know see I guess I just don't even know Van Halen the Han- first one's like Running with the Devil and then the second one's like uh, Dance the Night Away Right. I should know all this stuff. Dance. Um, Why not? Wait, you Four don't. Of years. You don't yeah. like hot for teacher and stuff. No, 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 <laughs> Whoa. no. That was the, by then. It Sold was like, out. Like these. Oh, I remember that band. <laughs> I thought. Right. Yeah, I think I. I Panama. No, it's pretty rocking. No, but no, 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 no. Once no. you, once you're, yeah, that's like Metallica for me. Like I was deeply into Metallica. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, they did the Black album, and I was like, okay, not interesting anymore. They don't do like 13 minute songs or whatever. So it was, yeah, I think I I was just so rigid back then with like what I was listening to. It was always very small. Was I went from one thing to the next. What would you say was your main musical input? Like punk rock or Um, metal? Like as a child, your main influence. The umbrella of punk, which would, which would also go to like the two tone ska stuff, power pop, bands like the jam. 
Uh, yeah. But, you know, like all the, the, the first wave of uh, California bands, X, Black Flag, Circle Jerks, really liked them early on. I, and then I kind of switched over. Who did you see early on, like Burbank, like uh, punk band wise? Well, the first band, I first show I went to was the Dead Kennedys and Flipper. Oh, at the wow. Amazing. I was 12. What? You were 12. With Amazing. My two best friends, and we went and had our minds blown. Um, fresh, <laughs> yeah. The Holiday in Cambodia had just come out. Oh my and we God! Were freaking out about just how it was very transformative, and it, it was like, yeah, it was a, it was really. A did big, you have cool parents or did no, you sneak no, away? no? It was, it's, a, it's. I, I found punk on my own. I'm very proud to say that, like, I discovered. My brother was like, "This is a Ted Nugent record. This is ELO. This is Sticks. This is the future of rock." Right. And then one day I said, "No, it's not." And I had discovered KROQ, which Rodney on the Rock yeah. uh, was yeah. playing, you know, a lot of the L.A. stuff. And, and also, you know, Damn, Clash, Sex Pistols, all that. But your parents let you go to the whiskey when you were 12. That's yeah. pretty cool, I it think. Was, yeah, it my was parents cool. wouldn't have let me do it. It was, you know what? You it, didn't sneak out or anything. You... Oh, I later snuck out. No, don't get me wrong. It right. was all, I did all that, too. But early on, it was like, oh, yeah, you can you can go to a concert. You can, you know, like, because they didn't know what it was. Right. Uh, that's a great first concert, man. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. It was, it was pretty great. I got wow. to say. Um, Any other big shows, uh, childhood shows? Because that, mean, if I saw the Dead Kennedys when I was twelve, I mean, that would change my entire life. That changed it a lot. But then, you know, after a year or two of that, I got into like the mod ska stuff of that was going on. So a lot of the like the specials and yeah. And, um, of course, the jam was a big, was a the huge, huge band. The Buzzcocks were like, they were my Beatles, you know, I really yeah. kind of kept up with all that stuff. And then like Smith's Echo and the Bunny Men, you know, uh, by, by high school, like I was, you know, as as Van Halen was putting out Jump, I was really into the, like the early Smith's and Echo and the Bunny Men stuff. I'm like, I can't listen to that stuff. Like Van Halen's so, I'm over it. You're right. into the darkness now. You a like little bit, accepted. A little bit, a little moodier. Because Van Halen, you know? like what I, what when I, my first Van Halen experience was, yeah, 1984, uh-huh. because it was so MTV. Right. And yes. uh, that so that's why I loved right. it. Their videos were so funny and anything funny, I was like, this is yeah. my favorite thing. That was the yeah. trouble of getting into music at, at 12 and seeing that, that, bands like that where you go it's all kind of downhill from there because none of it nothing has really been ex- as exciting since yeah i'm um, seeing like the plasmatics like wendy o williams um destroying a, a bus in <laughs> pasadena with the place was on fire it was fucking like you know stuff like that was pretty Fuck, yeah pretty good you know <laughs> um so uh, yeah i guess any we, other any other seminal shows where you were like the, or saw a show oh, well, with a band that got huge and you were like oh geez I thought they were well I saw REM open for I think Wall of Voodoo at the, the, the country that's club crazy. in Reseda it might have been the Untouchables I think it was I think it was Wall of Voodoo and it's like thinking oh this band this, this band these people are losers this music's terrible REM yeah. <laughs> Cowboy boots. This is were, the best. Yeah, and then not, and then later, like kind of losers. Them. Yeah, it's like this is really wasting my time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love uh, that. But uh, I think seeing Public Image in the Butthole Surfers oh, in mid '84 like, or something. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. good. Um, at the New Olympic Auditorium. Wait, did Public Image tour with the Butthole Surfers? No, I think it was just a one-off show. Okay. Uh, wow. And Social Distortion played on that one, and it oh, was man. It, it was interesting because the New Olympic Auditorium which they just did a documentary about 
uh, which was an old boxing uh, and, and roller derby place. Yeah, I went there and, once. Yeah, was, you, you went there? I saw Tool there. Oh, to yeah. that Tool show, sure. That's that was infamous. Um, they had a lot of punk shows there in the in the eight in the early eighties, which I saw the Plasmatics there in nineteen eighty one, which was very good. And they blew up a bus there too. God, I guess they were blowing up cars. Wow! And smashing TVs. That's back in the stuff. day when you could just get a bus to blow up really easily. Yeah, exactly, yeah, for sure. Wow. And um, but the public image one was interesting because the Butthole Surfers came on stage and I at that point I never seen a performance art group and they had like long hair and they were like, naked people walking around there and there were three or four fires going on <laughs> what, what I don't need it didn't even sound like music it was very experimental and it, my ears weren't accustomed to they wanted to hear pop and even even though the public image had a lot of pop tunes in their structure I wasn't the, the that kind of noise butthole surfers making like I experienced really nothing like it um, and then when, when Pill came on, the, the slam pit was the whole room. Like, it wasn't just a little pocket or two of people, you know, slam dancing and, or what's now, I guess they call moshing or whatever. But the whole room was just this massive, swirling mass of teenagers who were, you know, kind of skipping around and punching each other. And uh, really fun. Was it, that was a that was a big one, I would say. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever go to like Black Flag show and it, they didn't even play? It just turned into a big fight and everybody <laughs> left and the cops came? No, because but when I was first into the hardcore thing, the Black Flag had been banned from most of the venues. <laughs> um, and by the time I saw them way later on uh, in 1985 or six at Fender's Ballroom, there was an, they weren't even it was like a metal band that were playing. No, it was noise and it was like I didn't oh. know who the band members were and Henry Rollins had real long hair and Greg Kinnan was also like it was a different a much different band Black you know? Flag yes yeah. very very wait much. did they get banned because they were doing the violence or just because like Nazis oh, came to it their show like, it was the, when by 82 I would say hardcore the hardcore punk thing was homogenized and it was a jock thing and it was very bully there was a lot of right. scary to go to those concerts you know and a lot of those people were Frightened, and I, you know, even got some bullying from some of these guys that thought they were, you know, more mean or punk than me, and it was like it, it was awful. Yeah. So th although the music could make you feel, it, it could almost give you an erection because it was so fucking powerful and great. The what was happening with the people that listened to that music was very different. Right. And so that's when I was like, I got to find a way out of this. They weren't almost getting erections. No. Yeah, exactly. You're right. But then I see this, but then I'm in, I'm on Melrose in 1981-82 and I see this swarm of Vespas coming at me in the middle of the summer and these, all these kids are wearing these new wave sunglasses and beetle haircuts and what? wearing parkas and like, what is that? <laughs> and that to me was like more punk than what was this thing that was not what I originally liked about it was like, oh, these people are fucking cool. Right. And, um... Stop well, being about weirdos. Right. So then, like, these guys have jam stickers. What's the jam? Oh, there's another, like, a British band that was akin to... Wait, so you just saw a bunch of people on Vespas that looked insane. Like, yes. Like, Devo I... style, or, like... Uh, they're a little, like, New Wave, they're like the New Wave Beatles, the mods in the, in that day. Right, you know? right. Because they, they, they were riding these vintage Vespa Vespas people with, like, mod clothing on. Yeah. That's tight, great. tight Target t-shirts and weird skinny pants, and you're like, what the f... What is that? Right. And so I was the just the coolest just, style of the I had 80s. To, I had to. I was. I jumped out like I jumped ship. Yeah. And my and my friends who had gotten into punk rock at that point had gotten very um, d 
really dove into punk in a way that it became very dangerous and they, you know, using a lot of heavier drugs than I was and gotten some, ga- there was a lot of gang, punk gangs in the early 80s. Jeez. And I got immersed okay. in all that and I was like, no, thank you. I'm not interested in that. And yeah. so I found my own softer version of it in, in what was called the mod world. With better and, music. Kind of. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that led me to like listening to 60s Jamaican ska and of course the two-tone bands like The Specials, The Selector, The Madness, you know, bands yeah. like that that were really quite good in my opinion and just as yeah. and had just as much of that had that same energy we could go to those shows and people would be you know really going kind of nuts right it, it felt really good but, but it was less like white power like it was a, like a hundred percent less uh, yeah like, yeah uh, yes you were yeah. unlikely yeah yes yeah good so that's yeah i mean get the fuck out of there yeah those yeah. bands yeah it's like and luckily i got to see it i had my time in it and in that thing i had my time in it so i tried on many masks i guess you could say as a teenager before like by the late 80s finding my own bad possum dicks and figuring out it was like a, which was a combination of all those things in you know its own way you know yeah. So, anyhow, love it. That is full circle right there. It's full circle. We're back. At, we're back at my house. And we're back at your house. Incredible. Oh my god. This is great. You guys, what uh, a great. Thank you, Rob Zabrecki. This is yeah, so. Thank you. This has been a treat. John, great. Uh, I, I loved blabbing about myself. Uh, it was fun. I, I was. I also feel like I, I say too much, and it's like no, no. This I is doing? great, and Whatever. you have such a deep knowledge of LA, and we always appreciate people who uh, yes. add that color to this um, uh, because oh. it's just great to have deeper, you know, deeper knowledge into this thing that we're driving around and making only laughs on. I want to find uh, Dick Swindle and give him what for. <laughs> Yeah, let's find this Dick Swindle. If I, uh, if only I've never looked him up. Oh my god! I, I mean, there can't be a whole lot of Richard Swindles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Dick Swindle. Oh, oh my god! If he could just see He'll his little steal face. your dick. He's oh. a Dick Swindler. <laughs> um, long hair, just cut, just like his mom probably cut it off at the shoulders. Uh, buff and just mad. He's so mad. Uh, you'll never not be a little mad at him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's I'm like. I'm, that, mad I'm, so, I'm mad at him. Actually, I'm mad at him on your behalf. That's fucked up. Yeah. But you know, um, it also helped define. I'm like, you know what? I don't get, this was a sign. Like, I don't want to be like you. Just get away yeah. from me. Yeah. It, 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 it drew the line in the sand. With Jake's um, window. Anyways, with that, uh, I present you guys with a thank seance so record. Oh, this is an honor. Thank you so, so much, man. Do it seance yes. record. Incredible. Conduct your own seance. Um, Wow! It'll you know what it, a beautiful it instruct, album. It instructs you to to uh, all the way through it, so it's glow in the dark vinyl. Wow. I recommend doing it with uh, friends this and loved is ones. Incredible! And just choose your the spirit that you want to contact. Fan, uh, old family member, pet, uh, past president. You decide and have a go. Recent friend. Good. Yeah. Sure. Unreal, man. Yeah. Thank, you so Thank you so much. much. This yeah. is such Fantastic. a cool record. Thank Everybody you guys. find. It's uh, Rob Zabrecki's seance record, if you can. I think it's... You can uh, find it in the Red Records. It's it's right there. Um, amazing, But I love your podcast, and it was really uh, fun coming on here. And thanks for letting me join you on this summer day. It was Thank cool. you. Cool. We really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. Take care. Ooh, ooh.